You are listening to a Stick Boy We Talk production in association with the Fresh Take Network. to We Talk Podcast in association with Stick Boy and the Fresh Take Network. He is the ultimate babyface, Mr. Joel Johnson. How's it going? I think we can call Kenny Omega Mr. Wednesday. Hmm, good point. And he is the crown prince of charisma. He is the futurist, Martin. The the insult comic of We Talk Podcast. That was a good point. <laughs> the, the gesture of comic relief. That goes two oh, ways. The, and the King Homie. Let's go with that. Let's make that the new one. The and, King uh, Homie of We Talk Podcast. And Bring myself, the voice of... It's like old, old home week. It's just, it's just the three of us, Josh. I know. It's just back the three to of the, us. Back to the O3. Uh, myself, I am the voice of the St. Trojans and the University of Calgary Dinos, Joshua Adam, William Arbuthnot, and you are listening to your wrestling podcast. You know, it just occurred to me, you're really tall and we could call you Big Bill because we don't name <laughs> There was it. a big Josh, wasn't there? <laughs> there was a big Josh in AEW. It was... Uh... Oh, who? What's his name? Wasn't there one in Dory. W? No, in WCW there was a big oh, Josh, sorry. wasn't there? Yeah, sorry, it was WCW. Big Josh. Yes. It was in the early nineties. Mm-hmm. The guy who played Doink. I can't remember his name. Yeah, the first Doink. Yeah. And didn't yeah. he have like a Skinner look to him? No, he was he he was like a uh, not Skinner so much as a lumberjack thing. Mm, he was he basically he would walk around. He had a. Uh, he had instead of a two by he was their version of Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Instead uh-huh. of a two by four, he had an axe handle. So he well, just walked ho. around with the axe handle. And that was yeah, basically. Okay. Basically, he was he was their version of uh of Hacksaw without being quite as big. Uh but uh yeah, because Hacksaw's a huge dude. Yes. All right. Well, let's go and uh, we have a little bit of a harder out today for the show, but uh trying to keep you on the schedule that we have. Like I said, we will record podcast every wednesday and sunday hoping to have them out for thursdays and for monday mornings for you that is the goal for us here at your wrestling podcast uh let's start last night i'm sure some of you wanted an emergency podcast but sometimes there's reasons to do emergency podcast and sometimes there's reasons to wait for emergency podcasts and last night joel was a reason to wait to do the podcast well yeah it's this, I, if I had to theorize what happened, someone overheard saying Vince was thinking of selling to the Saudis and going private, and then game of telephone happened, and then what led us to where we were. Um, we had multiple. We had. I don't think this powder keg would have been lit off on Twitter last night if it hadn't been for Alvarez and uh, Meltzer saying big news is in, imminent 
And then that just sent everything spiraling forward with obviously the rumors of the Saudis buying WWE. Uh, it's, it's interesting because the whole story, like, and I'll let you guys give your takes on everything. I can see, I, I, it's a legitimate thing I could still see happening. I could still see it being something that happens down the line, but there are hangups with it that could prevent it from happening. So it is one of those situations where I could see it happening, but I can also see why it won't happen. Uh, there's a lot of things, like yesterday was a very, it, a lot of things led to the, the panic, especially with Stephanie stepping down and just being done with WWE, just 100% being done. Rumors of Hunter being fired, rumor, like it was, there was a lot going on just in terms of information coming out there. And it's really easy to get caught in that doom scrolling that, oh God, what's happening right now. And a lot of people you saw, a lot of people weren't happy about this rumor. So whether this was them seeing what happens if they did sell to the Saudis, which would be really weird. I can't think of another time in business that's happened where a company has been like, let's see how, uh, let's gauge the response from people and see what happens if we, if we do in fact sell to the Saudis. Uh, and I don't think Vince and uh, the Saudis care what our reaction is. Uh, but at the end of the day, there is no sale. WWE was still being traded. Everything seems status quo outside of the fact that Stephanie McMahon is gone from the company. And morale in WWE seems at an all-time low yet again. After six, after six months of being in a really good spot, having a nice flow to it, having nice fluidity, everyone seemed happy. And now you're back to a lot of unhappy talent. Yeah. Um... Kind of on everything you said. So with the Steph thing, it, she more. I'm not going to read that. You've heard a, a lot of great shows kind of run down the letter and everything like that. But more or less, she just kind of says like, "Hey, things are in good hands, and I'm out of here." After having a meeting with talent on Friday, saying that she was there and Nick Khan were there as the co-CEOs to an employee meeting. Uh, also, just you know, days beforehand, talking about she was looking forward to going to London and being there for the company. So. You know, they can have the spin that they're always going to have with stuff, but this was not in the cards. Steph had been looking there for the, the future of uh, where she was going to be with it. So whatever you want to go about it, the, the letter says resign, but we all know that Steph was pushed out again, kind of like she was before Ed, and then she was a scapegoat for a lot of things. So uh, as Joe was kind of talking about, I think that's where people kind of think look to have things escalated. And then the, uh, the Saudi Arabia story did come out. Uh, a few things to note with that Saudi Arabia side of things. Number one, a sale takes at least a month to go with. Even events has been talking to them since November, which, you know, Meltzer had uh, speculated that could potentially be a situation that happened. They just brought in JP Morgan and associates to help them with the sale. A sale takes at minimum about a month, maybe even longer. I believe I can, this is out of my area of expertise i'm just a sports journalist so i will uh go with you know other experts to talk about it. i could even be run of the month part i'm just kind of going by what i've heard from if you kind of look back to uh even disney the most recent big media purchase we had of disney with fox or discovery with warner bros look how long both those mergers and those acquisitions took to happen it's not just going to happen in a day um third part with the saudi arabia side of things if if indeed that is a, a way the WWE wants to go with 
they're going to have to face the uphill climb that Live Golf is facing right now, where Live Golf has talented golfers like Dustin Johnson, like Patrick Reed, like Phil Mickelson, big names that will draw an audience. But with everything that's associated with Saudi Arabia, uh, television outlets out here have zero interest. They've tried to get them on their platform. And this isn't a situation of PGA versus Live because we've seen the XFL, the USFL get TV time on major networks like the uh, FX or ESPN, and they're not being more loyal to the NFL, despite the NFL having 90 of the top 100 things watched this year. So it's not a loyalty thing to the PGA. It's that people don't want to airlift golf. So that's going to be something that they're going to have to monitor. And I, you know, Joel and I had talked, and I know you mentioned it too, Joel, of maybe they just took this out for a test drive yesterday, gave it to a few lesser journalists, like the guy from DAZN that, is had a rough 24 hours now. He predicted Mercedes was in AEW. That was wrong. Predicted the Saudi sale was done. That was wrong. So I think he's going to kind of curl into a ball and go away for a second. But the main thing on this with WWE, it kind of comes back to what Eric Bischoff talked about with WCW when he had the opportunity to purchase WCW, where like you can have the library, you can have the name, but we're not giving you TV. Um, and if that's the case for WWE, if they have the if Saudi has the library and they have the name, that's all well and good. But if you don't have the media rights and the show, then it's it's not that it's not it's not it's not that it's worthless, but it definitely lacks a lot more and the reason to purchase such a product. Rachel, uh, just just a thought that popped in my head. Would, do you think there'd be any difference with anything going on with this, uh, say they still had the network fully in place instead of it being on Peacock because they could just put everything on the network? Yeah, and that, think could that... Be, that, could be, that could be something that they, you know, I mean, they brought back Barrios and Wilson. Um, they were let go after the Peacock sale happened. They were they were big components of uh, of the network and when they sold off Peacock, they looked at the network as a failure. I mean, it, it did good. I mean, it got to about, I think the peak was 3 million. So did better than it was and had MLB streaming, which has done rather well. So yeah, that would have been a case to really help them. Maybe that's something that they can reconsider again, but still without that television deal, that's where you're getting your money, right? So yeah. where are you going to be generating the money? I guess you can still do house shows, but if the TV deteriorates... Oh how is the money going to fully start coming if the if it's just a traveling product? I I wonder, I do wonder, because the Saudis have basically fuck you money. So mm-hmm. how much, they're, they're willing to sink in as much as needed. Would they yep. be willing to just kind of bankroll it for as long as it seemed it? And this is also goes into what Meltzer was talking about of if the Saudis did buy it, how long is WWE realistically around after that? Yeah. Uh, because you got to wonder how much money you're going to sink into this. Like, I'm very curious. Golf is the live golf is very interesting because you got to wonder how much longer are they going to keep putting money into that? Because you look at some of the contracts they were offering golfers like Tiger Woods, like they, they were throwing stupid. Yeah. And you look at the money that they were offering to pay uh, for the TV rights. Mm-hmm. We're going to pay you like, what was it? Uh, was it 600 hundreds of 600? millions hundreds of millions for the television rights i mean you you can't help but wonder with live golf and this is what i wonder with wb i want to get more in there if they landed someone like tiger does that change television companies mindset right of you have tiger woods he's the biggest draw one of the biggest draw in sports when tiger 
you you talk to anybody, and I can tell you for uh, for a matter of fact, when Tiger had that last run uh, where he won the Masters, uh, I was in Toronto at a Blue Jays game. Nobody was watching the Blue Jays game. Every single person was watching TVs around because Tiger was there. When Tiger is got the rhythm going and going, people will tune in for Tiger. So could that have been a difference maker for them? I don't know. If then all of a sudden people get really adjusted, having Justin Johnson is a big get. Having Patrick Reed is a big get. Phil Mickelson's a big get, but it's not quite having Tiger at this point. I think they have Sergio Garcia as well. Uh, anyways, uh, Morton, we haven't got your two cents and everything. I'm trying to figure out really what this does for the Saudis. Honestly, if they were to buy it, I mean, what does it do? Does it's it increase the tourism for them? Is it just, I mean, does it, pardon me? I think it's like a notch in the belt. It's just like, yeah, we have this golf thing. And now we have the the number one, re- the, the word I keep on hearing all week from business side, we have the number one wrestling league, right? We have that <laughs> top league. And when, you know, and I don't know how, like, what that does for them as far as, you know, when media rights come up for NBA or NFL, they have no platform to get into that. Uh, so that's the part I, unless they're going to, start to do their own streaming service, which I think as we learned this past year with money that Disney and Warner and others are hemorrhaging, that getting into the streaming business is a losing cause at this point. It's better to sell your content to a streaming business. Well, absolutely. I mean, that's, that is what WWE realized. But uh, I mean, I, I really, I, this and live golf and everything, I try and figure out what it does for the Saudis. I, sports washing, I guess is the term mm-hmm. I think Joel's used. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, can you explain what you mean by that? Sports washing, it's basically the the theory that uh, if a team does well, then you look positively on the owners and the Saudis are very desperate to change how they're perceived on a global scale. So they feel if they start doing stuff with sports, then people will be like, oh, these guys aren't so bad. They own this football team. And they've actually, they do own a football team and they've sunk a considerable amount of money into both the men's and the women's team. I'm trying to track down the name of the said team, but I know that they own a team and they have sunk a lot of money into them and they've done well. And the people there are happy. And it is very much that term of trying to kind of clean up their image, but using sports to do it. And they, they do have a big push for the 2030. I think it's the 2030 world cup. I may be wrong. It might be, it's somewhere within there that they really want that World Cup because they want to do what Qatar did and try yeah, to. And they own Newcastle that. United as well, right? Yeah. yeah. So and again, I just don't understand really what it does for. Why would they care what the world thinks of them? I don't do you have all that care? money in the world. I don't think they care. I think, but the thing is, again, if they can't get a television deal, then it's a deteriorating product. The, the other thing that the belief is with what the Saudis are doing is they're basically diversifying their uh, what they're, they're invested in. Because right now the company lives and dies by oil and gas, and they know that that's a, that's a very short window. So the feeling is they're trying to throw stuff around because they have a ton of money. So they're throwing stuff around and seeing what they can do that will eventually make them profits that they're not so tied in with oil and gas that they're making money elsewhere to continue to make more money in the long term. That's the other, that was the other belief that has been floated around is why they're looking at certain things because they have money in Disney, they have money in Twitter. Uh, 
and WWE, like they they were very happy with uh the greatest Royal Rumble uh and the the crown jewel events. They feel like it's done a really good business for them. And the belief is they want more of it. They want to own it all because they want to be able to continue to benefit from it. Yeah. I see, I have to think that they could do better than WWE if they're looking to be profitable long term. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean it's it's such a cyclic. It's such a cyclical, and I know the WWE brand name is is valuable, but it's such a cyclical business. I mean, this is a company that has had its ups and downs as, as the wrestling industry tends to do. And if you cannot get television and you're not getting those TV rights, that is the vast majority of your income for WWE and, and where they're making their profits. And, and of course, these are the North American television rights or American television rights, really, that we're talking about. How will it affect uh, television rights worldwide? You know, um, it's it's a really crazy situation to try and conceive of what the benefit is. I mean, if you're WWE, I don't think you care. I don't think you're you're not you're not floating it out there that you're yeah. that you're being bought by the Saudis. Because what do you care when they own it? If it fails and they can't get television, it's not your problem. You got your money. Right. I, I do wonder if a lot of this is Vince cashing out and Vince being like, well, the Saudis are paying the most, so let's go with that. It's also a situation, too, of if this is a private company, Vince won't be hounded by stuff. There won't be Wall Street Journal stories on Vince because they're not on Wall Street anymore. There would be a lack of caring about what Vince McMahon does because it's a private company and nobody cares. If this if WWE had not gone public and you you talk you hear from some business insiders, that's Vince's biggest regret the last six months is that he went public. He truly believes if he went public, none of this comes out and he gets away with everything. So he believes going private gets everyone off his back and that he can just move forward and be the one way that he is. And that's I think what's in his mind's eye right now. And I think that's why the Saudi side of thing is so intriguing realistically uh and and it's the thing too i talked to you guys about off air yesterday you hear business insiders and hollywood insiders saying you know whether it be comcast and amazon um disney whatever it may be those companies have zero interest in vince mcmahon carry on with the company afterwards that they, he they're fine with him being part of this sale and and whatever and and, and cu- cutting him a check fine whatever but once that's done they have no interest in him part of the company. And I do think, like I, I've said this before on the podcast, a narcissist like Vince, it's not so much looking at what's the best thing for WWE in 20 years. It's what's best for Vince McMahon right now. He and was voted down. No a unanimous vote voted down until he willed his power to get back in. And that's... And, and unanimously voted back in. Yes. And, and that's why we are where we are today with the first shareholder filing a lawsuit, which, it, you know, again, I am a sports journalist. This is over my head. Um, but I believe it's a lot of antitrust issues. And this is stuff that I uh, was brought up to Brandon Thurston uh, through his shows this week, and he's much better at breaking it down. So I do suggest going to Post Wrestling and listening to Brandon Thurston and John Pauly talk about it because Brandon Thurston and, and talk and listen to him on WrestleNomics talk about it because he's much better at talking about this than I am. But we're going to do our best to have the, the conversation about stuff here. 
Um, and now is that first lawsuit at the very minimum. Yeah, WWE's lawyers are really good. I mean, Jeremy McDivitt is not part of the sale. Jeremy McDivitt's not part of the current lawsuit they have with MLW. He seems to kind of be out of it right now. They have a different law firm uh, handling the MLW lawsuit. And that probably seems to be the same law lawyers are going to have with this one. If they have a bombardment of uh, lawsuits from this, though, that's going to wildly potentially change the position that Vince has there uh, all of a sudden of all the shareholders. And even if he does hold power under the board, I do wonder where that goes and how the legalities of a lawsuit works there. And the lawsuit does state of the shareholders are suing him for willing his power back into power when it was first relegated a 7-0 unanimous that we do not want you back. Yeah, apparently it's uh, that they, he ousted three members that uh, opposed him, yeah. something like that is, yeah. is allocated or is uh, allocated for the uh, lawsuit, uh, if I remember correctly. Is yeah. that right? Is that yeah. he, he, he ousted, forced the oust, these people to be ousted so he would have full control and, of the company. And it's just, for me... Uh, Again, you're right, the narcissist Vince McMahon about what's good today. One of the things that I admired about Vince McMahon, seemingly, was that family was very important to him, you know? And um, he has chosen himself and his ego and this company over his family, it seems. Yeah. You know? Uh, and to, uh, like that's, for me, it's family first. Nothing is more important than my family. And then it's my friends. And then it's art, uh, you know, any form of art. Those are the most important things in the world to me. And I cannot imagine choosing a company or yourself over your family. Like, it, 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 this, is, this is the part of the, com of, of the conversation where I, I know I've never been a person who thinks like Vince McMahon. But this is so foreign to me, yeah. his his way of thinking here and his ad actions that, I mean, personally, I mean, it's highly uncomfortable. And, you know, obviously, when I thought at least he had, if nothing else, at least he was a family man and cared about his family and family first. And, and that you've seen in how he seemed to want to bring the family into the into the company and and such, uh, you know, that's the way I was wrong even on that. Like we saw the escalation almost of that start nothing. last Pardon year. Me? We saw the escalation yeah. of that start last year. He fired Shane, what, a we day two days after the Rumble, and then Stephanie stuff weeks after that. And then, you know, even with Paul, his son in law, with all the stuff that was happening, Paul Levesque having the heart issues, it seemed like Levesque was stripped of his powers. Like that, this was all in a, in a six-week period, more or less, mm -hmm. uh, that with all that going on, and now here we are. And I, you, and again, you see the lawsuit, and you see the way that they ousted, you know, board members in there, and his daughter being one of them. It's, uh, it's rough. There's well, merit to the lawsuit. I mean, that's the thing that is very important here. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, WWE is famously good in court. You know. Well, um, McDivitt, McDivitt is is famously successful for WWE in, in litigation, but there's definitely got to be merit to that lawsuit. Oh, I, I think there is. And one of the other things tied in with that lawsuit 
is one of the board members that were ousted or one of the people leading the investigation internally against Vince McMahon. So you, you look at that, you hear that Vince McMahon ousted one of the people leading the investigation internally, and you go, there's some, there's some rat fuckery here. Like it's like, so the Saudi thing is like the Saudi thing is more or less cooled off now considerably. It's not happened from everything that we've been told. It is not currently what's coming down the pipe. Yeah. CNBC had a, their, um, their wall street guy more or less than their thing saying it was preposterous and it was never even a reality. So take that for what it is. I mean, take that for what it is. I mean, this is, we're getting to different level of journalists than wrestling journalists with all respect to them, but the Hollywood insiders are saying this was never a reality. And this was a, a rumor that there was a, a on CNBC on their, uh, their stock show um, and a few others and CNN, and CNN when they talked about it uh, today, they went pretty hard of slamming wrestling journalists for the way that they've handled the, the, the reporting of all this. And I, again, we didn't talk about it because there wasn't a concrete press release or anything like that. I don't know with the speculation or anything hearing from people on CNBC and CNN, they clearly think the Comcast makes the most sense as far as a sale goes, that Fox makes more sense, that Disney makes more sense and Netflix, Amazon, yada, 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 made more sense. Um, even one guy said today, Endeavor makes way more sense. The Saudi thing, kind of like you were going to Martin at the end of the day, it doesn't really make a lot of sense for them even to buy it because of the the lack of platform to really have it on. You have them, you have those three letters and those three letters are worth $8 billion, but it, it depends on the hands that those three letters are in. And now that you have um, this lawsuit going on, whereas, you know, the sale probably would have maybe gone on Brennan Thurston believed by a, by April, fall uh spring season now i think that you know this is going to be the first of many lawsuits are going to come you just need one to happen to get people get the ball rolling joel well and so you you the saudi thing's cooled off uh i i i i don't know if i would call the saudi thing preposterous because it is vince mcmahon it is vince Mm -hmm. mcmahon and i i don't think people fully i don't know if people fully realize who they're dealing with when they come when it comes to vince but that thing's cooled off. That's off to the side now. The focus now is very much on Stephanie being gone from the company and the impact that that has had on the roster uh, because there are people not happy about her being gone as well as you have another lawsuit popping up and you have that it feels like a ticking time bomb within that company of when does Vince decide he wants to sit in Gorilla? When does Vince decide he wants to do this? Because Vince now has final say. Uh, I I was talking with Josh on the phone yesterday and it was like Vince could sit there and be like I don't like this I don't like where this is going this is impacting what we want to do for a sale we should do this and he can step in and he can stick his nose into the creative process again and you're hearing a lot of talent be very nervous about that about their job security so well the Saudi thing is very interesting to talk about and I think we've hit on that really well uh, as best we can. I think the focus now is the landscape of WWE is still very roller coaster like, I guess would be the best way well, to no, describe I, it. Very- you have Hunter is still chief content creator. Regal was officially named the vice president today. So those two guys are in the positions that they're still in, but um, there's a lot of uneasiness in the back there. There's a lot of people worried about their jobs and not just 
you know, if, if, if the Saudi sale were to happen, um, even with the Comcast sale, you know, this, this was a point that was brought up that was a really good point of, you know, some of those other employees are still worried about an upcoming sale because, well, the talent may not be affected if it goes to a Comcast or a Fox and, you know, they'll be the talent to decide if they want to go to Saudi or not. We had heard of massive walkouts last night. Some of these companies will take on uh, this company and be like, much like we saw with Discover, Discovery and Warner and some other mergers like this of, well, we have in the UFC Endeavor, uh, for example, too, it was like, well, we have two of these people. Why are we going to employ two of them? You're gone. So that's yeah. something to keep an eye to why a lot of employees, no matter where it goes, are going to have a lot of concern about a sale. And we saw that with WCW when I got bought, right? It's yeah. Okay, cool. Like all these talent, Diamond Dallas Page and Booker and all these guys are going to come into WWE. Um, that's great. But where were the other people that were behind the scenes that we didn't see in WCW that are now out of jobs? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I still think a sale makes me nervous. A sale still makes me nervous. And yeah, it does make more sense for a Comcast. It does make more sense for Disney and Amazon, but they're going to want their own people in place. Exactly. And there, there will be massive they... layoffs, whether it's talent or not. It's going to be employees that we don't see that aren't yeah. making that money that the talent are making. Well, and the, the other thing with all this is you've got a situation where people that could be placed in charge that frankly shouldn't be placed in charge or now be amazon being like we want this person in charge and it's like you just suddenly see a dis such a disruption that you saw with warner brothers like everything that happened with the dc has been just a oh, nightmare it'd, it'd be like what we talked about on sunday morning with the jim hurt syndrome uh, well, i mean that's that is the thing is that wrestling is nothing there's no apples to apples comparison when it comes to wrestling you know, and to a wrestling company and to a man like Vince McMahon. There is, you can say this doesn't make sense or this doesn't make sense or that makes no sense because wrestling is its own unique thing and, it, and it's different and it has a different mentality. It still has that carny mentality, especially at the old school level and guys like Vince McMahon. It is very difficult to, uh, to compare it to another company and say so what makes the most sense is what's going to happen. Um, Vince McMahon has not made a lot of sense in a lot of things that he's done um, over the last five years or so, you know, despite uh, obviously running a successful company. So, I mean, it, there is no apples to apples. Also, if somebody is in charge of, say, Pizza Hut and they're the CEO and they're running it, could they take over and run, say, Domino's? Probably, no problem. Could they take over and run, say, Apple, I don't know, Best Buy or something like that, or or Netflix, just because they're a CEO and do they have the right skills? Does it transfer? Maybe. But rustling is different. It is a both it, it it's unlike any other business in the way that it is perceived by its fans, as well as the way that its fans um, react to what they like and don't like yeah and you saw it's, that last yeah and so you're going to have to put in place somebody that the fans respect because otherwise you they, they will turn on the, on the company uh, i think there's probably as many people as there is loyal to to wwe a lot of them i think are loyal to the wwe um regime 
even if it's not Vince McMahon, even if they know Hunter is there and whatever, and, and just kind of that that regime. If it was a complete ouster, uh, everybody was outed and, and replaced. Um, I think a lot of that brand loyalty would go away. So it's a it's it's a very strange situation. Uh, I was just gonna say I think AEW and Tony Khan got super super lucky because what they did creating a company and being able to carve out the niche that they've been able to carve out. I feel like they got very, very lucky. And that's not to say that they were good and they worked hard to get to that point. But for that, for the stars to have aligned that way for AEW, it's really impressive. Because Absolutely. But uh, I think a lot of us could see for many, many years the need, the, the desire for a wrestling company to cater to wrestling fans and wrestling hardcores was there was enough. Uh, of those fans out there to sustain a profitable company yeah. and we've been waiting for we waited for it for a long time and people wanted it to be tna you know and and it failed to be so but i mean and they even wanted it to be roh at one point yeah. and it failed to be so but the, the fact is if you followed the wrestling industry like tony khan did you could see oh this is there's there is this uh void in the marketplace that the right wrestling company can come in and, and be successful. And so, I mean, that's, that's you know, I, I don't know if that's luck. I mean, that's, I, I think that's a, a lot of uh, foresight yeah. and mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of ingenuity and a, certainly a, a portion of luck, but uh, I, I don't want to not give them their flowers for succeeding the way they succeeded. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, I still was told, uh, you know, I think a year ago that they'd be out of business in a year. Yeah. Dude, it's I have common... so many bets. I have so many bets with so many people right now. I'm I'm gonna probably have about five hundred dollars by the end of twenty twenty four because I have so many people that tell me by the end of twenty twenty four this company's gonna be out of business. Uh and I think you know this week made them stronger than ever. And let and let's go to the positive of that because we do have a, out for Joel here coming up here. Uh just on the quick few quick points of AEW tonight. I, I want to get to the negative, the last negative thing before we, you know, get happy again. Uh, the Mercedes Monet of, of it all, Monet uh, of it all. Um, look, I think AW did the best they could with everything, but there was bad as well. Tony does go on um, Busted Open pretty regularly. I think he should have gone in there and shut that down immediately when he was on there. Uh, and the other one was Brett with the wink and saying, I'm the boss. Should have cut that off. Soraya saying she had two tickets that she was going to give to a friend tonight. There was just little things that you know what the wrestling community is going to do because you led them onto that for CM Punk. So you know yep. where they're going to go down that rabbit hole. They muted the after the match because the, the crowd booed that there was no Mercedes afterwards. Again, this was a fantastic show tonight. So this is a small, small negative within the show tonight with the Mercedes side of things. It's and it, it, I think at the end of the day... I thought, I thought they shut it down last week, to be honest with you. As soon as they said... Tony Stomer's the partner. I went, oh, she's not coming. But yeah, but Britt like did I, the wink the fact, and I'm the boss. Yeah, it didn't mean anything to me. You know, yeah, so I true. thought it was shut down. I thought it was, but obviously there was the fans that, but those yeah. same fans were the ones who were standing on their, on the edge of their seats, giving a standing ovation at the end of the night when the, when the, uh, the best of seven was over. So, yeah, like I said, it's a minor thing. It's something that, you know, you live and you learn. 
you move on from it. It's not the end of the world. It's not that big of a deal. I thought like having Tony come out right away to me, that was the end for me. I'm like, okay, Tony's out. It's done. I don't really care anymore. Let's just enjoy this match. It's, it's a very negative thing in a night where really, really fun show. And Brian Danielson is a lunatic. And uh, I'm sure he's telling <laughs> Bree, do not watch my matches. <laughs> he's wrestling Bandino next week. And my God, is that, that going to be, be good? This was good. I always pronounce and I'll say it again. I'll say it wrong. I always get his name wrong. Much like I, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura for years, I, I couldn't help but call him Shinsuke because that's how it's spelled. And and uh, Takashita, and I call him that. And that's not how it's pronounced. And I'll never get it right, probably. I'll, I'll try. But uh, I was a little disappointed in that match. <laughs> I think a lot of people love that match, but I was a little bit, I'm like, Dan, Brian Danielson gets a sheer drop Bane Buster onto the concrete floor and sells it for all six seconds. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. It's hard hitting, athletic, and and fast paced. But uh, I like a little selling in psychology. Usually, Daniel Danielson doesn't miss on those type of things. I I I love the match. I was I was on the edge of my seat. I was on my edge of the seat for most of the night. Like I thought Moxley and Hangman was great. The latter match uh, needed more time. What, am I, I wrong like that he didn't minutes. sell that? Oh yeah, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at <laughs> no, all. No, no, I'm no, just no, over. No. I'm just stepping over it. I'm just like, yeah, it happened. Uh, but I, I definitely think uh, Takashita, Takashita, That's I'm not the right to... way to pronounce it. No, they said it about forty times tonight, and I still can't get it right. I, 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 but I think they, I think he's going to be a massive, I think he could be potentially a massive star. I've said it before. I, I think that he's the guy, he's the guy that they need to build around in New Japan. I mean, they should do everything they can to get, make a trade. <laughs> you know, I will give I you was, anybody to get this guy. I, I was saying to Josh, his, his build, his physical build reminds me a lot of Okada. Like physically, he looks a lot like Okada. And we've seen the success that Okada's had. So I and I, I think, think he's 26 and he's been doing it for a decade. Yeah. You can uh, it's yeah. it's crazy. I think he did a training session with Ibushi uh in uh beginning of January. He's around Don Callis, he's around Kenny Omega. He's he's got some good influence around him, especially with Kenny and Ibushi. Yeah, and that's the other thing is there's always been the perception in WWE that a a foreign star from Japan or most foreign countries cannot get over to an American audience, you know. And that's been a, a not just Vince McMahon who thought that, but a lot of people in charge and Michael P. S. Hayes and Vince Russo thought the, thought the same thing, and a lot of people have. The AEW, and I thought this is where UFC showed us that that was false. UFC showed us that a person from another country could be a massive drawing card, even if they didn't speak English, you know? Anderson Silva, you know, an excellent example, a massive drawing card, couldn't speak English at all. And I don't think that that, I think that it may still be difficult for him to become a massive star in WWE, but I think the AEW crowd is smart enough and open enough to be accepting and, and see this guy as a main eventer. I mean, it's it's crazy to think, like, I still think about that, the pop that Nakamura got when he came to NXT. Like, like 
just like felt like a superstar. The NXT, that NXT crowd, a lot of them, I feel like have migrated over to AEW. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like when you go to AEW events, it definitely feels like the NXT crowds. It's very, very similar. So of course this guy's over. I thought they had a great, uh, great match and Brian's just going to continue to have great matches. I wonder who the other three opponents will be after the Bandino match. I hope they're all baby faces. Does that somehow work tonight? It you you could do it with a lot of people. Uh, I'm trying to worry about his head. I just worry about his head. I always will. I always will. I know, I know, and I. But I've been worried about it since he came back on almost every match that he's had. Yeah, because almost every match he is crazy tonight. Being no, it's no different. Well, and it's right after Adam Cole talks the whole story of everything with his concussion, and then we have, you know, we've had this past story with Hangman, and now we're doing this story of a concussion. That's the that's the thing with Mox is like maybe we don't do this concussion story with Hangman and Mox now, and Adam Cole is talking about a real life situation that happens now, and like how disturbing it is uh, with it all. But man, that Hangman promo hit you right in the gut. Uh, Adam Cole, sorry. Oh, oh, uh, Cole, Cole, did Cole, does Cole beat Max? Do you keep Cole as a baby face and have him you beat? Keep him as a baby face and you put him against Max for sure. I still think it should be Ricky. Kyle O'Reilly. Is he? Does this mean Kyle O'Reilly will see him soon? I, uh, I yeah. And then we'll see him. And then we'll see Bobby Fish. Where's the <laughs> lie? <laughs> I don't know about Bobby Fish. Uh, Roderick's strong, though. Yeah. He's still out there. Uh, I was kind of wondering if Cole was going to cost the Elite the trios title. I was kind of waiting for some uh, rat fuckery to happen, but that was that was clean. As the, that was fucking... That was such a quick main event. It was like a mile a minute. It was just like balls... Bumps, dude. Oh my god. You talk about Danielson, some of those bumps that like that one off the when he came off the top rope onto the ladder that Nick Jackson took. I'm like, he couldn't pay me enough to take that bump. He has to be hurt. Like he has to be. Like that bump looked like it was not fun and it hurt a fucking lot. Uh, and then uh, I guess a few other kind of news and notes here. So we have uh, for the uh, Battle of the Valley, main event's been named. It's uh, going to be Shingo and Okada there. I still don't think that should be the main event. I guess they just announced it with the IWGP title. I think with Mercedes selling it out against Kyrie, that should be the main event. But Japan is stuck in their ways, and they still probably will go with Shingo and Okada, but it should be Mercedes and Kyrie that main events. I think it should be Shingo and Okada because Mercedes and Kyrie should have a really good match, but I just don't think they can follow it. Hmm. And and I don't I wouldn't want to have to follow it. And then uh Chris Jericho showed up at the PWG show. It seemed like AW did a really good the one that I will say about AW, when they go to a city, they really make a mark, right? They went to the PWG show, tons of talent were at the Kings game. Like they did a really good job uh, of whenever they go to these cities for the most part, they do a good job of letting people know that AEW is in town. They do a fantastic job of that. I can't wait to see them at uh, Dungeon Wrestling. That'd be great. That'd be great. I'm sure Jericho right. would definitely do that. Uh, minor minor note too for the ladder match, a little Easter egg. The Bucks were wearing the uh, 
the the uh, Shaq Reebok shoes. Uh, so just a little bit of uh, reference there for the fact that they were in the form today. I, that makes a lot of sense why they would do that. Uh, and I don't know. They're fake sneaker heads and overrated. And Kenny came out with the U.S. title. I was kind. I was very curious if he was going to come out with the U.S. title. And he did, and I was like, "Excellent! This is great." I think. Kenny two belts. Yeah, Kenny two belts. All right, so uh, that'll be the week uh, right here. I guess the only positive thing from WWE this week is that Dominic Mysterio has won me over, and everything about that Miz TV segment. You got a feel for a, a hardened criminal. A hardened criminal who has it, overcome so much. It was it, tough, man. It was tough. Man's tough. I when he said snitches get stitches, I died laughing. When he said I know how Martha Stewart felt. <laughs> that was so good. I'm, 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 go ahead, Joel. I'm wondering, is this him or is who's writing these lines for him? Oh, because it's writer. So <laughs> it's not him. But it, he kind of has found, like, I think the judgment day, like, and you heard the initial report that came out today of like WWE's really happy with what Judgment Day is doing. And um the raw title is on the line on Monday. So it's really interesting to see if they will split the titles and give it to Judgment Day. And I think maybe the time is right for that. I, I think this Dominic, Dominic is. You know, he made I think at least two of our worst wrestler of the year, uh, and that's just because he just he was a he was blank like he had nothing to him. He was he he did the thing that we have a problem with whenever these wrestlers come in and they have famous fathers to the degree where I know I was critical of Schism having Ava Rain, but I will say at least Ava's not the Rock. She's her own different thing, which is good. It's just Schism seems a little bit weird with her. But for the long time, Dom was just Ray. He was just he was Ray Junior. And it's it's nice to know that he finally has kind of his own character that he's directing towards now. And to the build up to Mania, we'll probably start getting in the Rumble when I'm assuming he'll throw Ray out or Ray will throw him out. We'll see what happens. Uh, he finally has like an ability of a character to build. And I think when they started doing those viral videos, that started to really help Ray out. And I think Rhea's helped bring some stuff out of him. And, and anytime you get to work with a vet like Freeze Store with Finn, that's going to help you as well. I mean, I think I think getting the teardrop tattoo just solidified him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. I was like, who are you, the Undertaker? Uh, when the Undertaker had a teardrop on yes, and I was yes. like, that was awful. That was, so this bad. is much better. So uh, you know, it's it's funny, it's a mid-card gimmick, but it's like one of those gimmicks that you could see getting a push until yeah. it gets really, really see how far you can take it. Mm-hmm. And then it falls back down and becomes mid-card for life. But it's one of those gimmicks that, that could see him go to the top of the card or near the top of the card, you know, for a while and then kind of come back. And uh, I don't know. I, I can't. I, it's, it'd be interesting to see how it evolves over time. Yeah. I mean, we know the destination is him and Ray at Mania. And I, as soon as he came out dressed the way he did, I'm like, Conan 100% told him what to do. That was that was K Dog oh, definitely all the way there. I'm like Conan 100 percent told him what to do. I was like because I believe I could be mistaken, but I believe Conan is his godfather. I think Meltzer was saying that the other day that Conan is his godfather. Yeah. So yeah, that would he make, is, uh, he is. and uh, and even the Miz was good in that segment. 
And that's, Miz was great. That's, that's coming from me. Yeah, <laughs> Miz was great. So that's that's one of the few positive WWE things this this week. So great show by AW, one of the best they've had. And now we, uh, Sammy and KO coming up on SmackDown this week. We have a loaded Rampage coming up here where we get to have Juice Robinson taking on Darby Allen with Paul Walterhausen in the uh, in the in the corner there. So uh, fresh off his Golden Globe win. So it, it was funny when he won the Golden Globe yesterday. Everyone was like, he's the best because I don't. I think he's got one of the higher plus rates right now. I don't think anyone has seen Blackbird, but everyone's like, sweet. I really like him. I'm glad he won. I. Uh, I got to say, uh, also MJF tonight, cut probably mm. the best promo he's cut since he's been champion. Scooby Dooby Douchebag. I don't think he, he was pretty funny tonight. Yeah. He definitely, I think he's starting to, I think this, this Brian match, this hour long Iron Man match that they'll get to, I think it's very, very important for the growth of Max's champion. This is a really big make or break moment almost for me for Max. And I think him starting to find his footing in the promos is just going to help elevate it more and more. And when Max does win that Iron Man match, it's just going to help bring him to the next level, Definitely. which they need. Any any final people who are questioning him, you know, if he goes an hour with Danielson and has a tremendous match, which is, you know, and wins. Yeah, it'll definitely, it'll silence all his remaining critics or most of them, you would think. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. All right, everyone, thank you so much for checking us out. For Joel, for Morton, and myself. Morton? Thank you for listening to your wrestling podcast.